Yeah, Boo wants to participate today. <laughs> okay. Hello, hi, and welcome to another Katase Healing Talk webinar. This time, today, we are going to talk about happiness. And my name is Helmut, and I am here with two amazing, wonderful women. Uh, one is our dear friend, Laura. Laura Keddy. Hi, Laura. Hey, everybody. And the other one is my wife, Kay, Kay Corell Whitaker, the author of The Reluctant Shaman and Sacred Link, and all around just an amazing human. And the focus today is what we want to ask her about is what her teachers, Domano and Chia Hedeka, used to say, that the most important thing we can do for ourselves and the world is to walk a path of awakening or to walk the spiral path as they called it and to allow ourselves to be happy so what we would like to learn more about is why did they say that why did they think this is so so important to our lives and to the world and how do we get there how do we stay there and all those kind of things so okay Hi again, everybody. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. You're muted. Oh, I'm still muted. All right. Hi, everybody. Happiness. That is, that is a beautiful, beautiful subject. And it's, it's kind of the the center of all of the teachings. And that's, that's because our, our song, our, our beingness, what makes us a, an entity, a conscious entity, its basic nature is happiness. It's a, it's part of the who and what we are. That's, that's our foundation. Sort of a, a foundation of feeling that, that our song is. And it's what everything else about us and our awareness, our consciousness there's a basic happiness there. <clears throat> and the, the headache has said that the other uh, positive emotions, the other song emotions, are things that blossom out of that basic core happiness. The negative emotions are things that we've learned. They're not, they're not uh, native to our song. But they are things that we have learned while in this human body. And we can experience them while we're here in this human body. So, what... What is happiness? 
it's one of those things that it, it is really difficult to describe. We talk about it in, in all the languages we have here on our planet. We, we talk about it. We say that you know, we are happy. We're real happy. We're a little bit happy. We're not happy at all. We use, we use that in our language. But when it comes to describing what it is, describing what it feels like, why it might be there or not there, where that's where most of our languages fall short. And our, our modern languages fall very short. When we're feeling our song, we're, we're feeling that that's the sense, the essence of who we are and what we are. And that is, that's our identity. We really truly identify with that. We feel that as our self, our selfness. That's, there's happiness there. And it can take lots of different nuances and flavors. It can be really, really subtle, gentle, quiet, a background. It can be really dramatic, really just big and blown up, and we just feel really, really, really happy, full of um, what happiness is, that beautiful sensation. when we don't have any happiness at all and we're diving into negative emotions to masky stuff, uh, things that our culture has taught us. We use really obvious words like unhappy when we when we're really sinking into that. There's a lot of nuances of unhappy and we have a lot more descriptions about what is unhappy we have a lot more words uh, a lot more pictures a lot more cliches about unhappy and that's that's worth thinking about (laughs) why is that how'd that come to be and that's, that's our modern culture. Our modern culture wants to keep us asleep, wants to keep us not feeling or knowing our song, not identifying with our song, with our true essence, but to be swallowed up in and hypnotized by the things that the culture Uh, dictates and keeps repeating back to us over and over and over again. And all of that stuff comes under that, the heading of unhappy in all of its various forms. It's not native and natural to our being. It's something we've learned here. Learned behavior. So, 
angry, fearful, feeling powerless, helpless, separated, isolated, abandoned. We have so, so many of these flavors of unhappy that we've identified. Those are all learned things, learned behaviors, learned beliefs that drive these feelings, learned feelings, and we're playing them out. We're exploring them. The Hedekas say that we chose to be here in this lifetime as a human on this planet and to be part of all the things that go on on our planet at this time. And right now, the, having the modern culture being extremely dominant and controlling, uh, putting us in a um, mental fog, a consciousness fog, putting us to sleep, as the Hedekas would say, and having us live a life like that, uh, leaning away from happy and things that are happy, and diving into and staying into all the things that are not happy, all the unhappy things. And we just think about what our daily lives tend to be and how the portrayals of modern society are that we see all, all around us in, in real life and on TV and commercials and movies. Even commercials, even ads, ads that you see that, that uh, you know, they're not even moving or anything. It's just one single uh, picture and some words, some symbols. And they're depicting so often states of unhappy. And that that's normal. That's, that's our supposed to. That's the way we're supposed to live. That we're supposed to react on automatic pilot with these automatically trained behaviors, trained reactions that we learn from family, school, culture, the media. And we, we just automatically slip off into that unhappy place and, and react with uh, unhappy behaviors. There's, um, Hedekas used to say that, that we police ourselves, that we are a culture that uh, has been trained to police itself, all individuals policing themselves and everyone else around them. And that is to, to keep everybody in line uh, according to the cultural dictates. And the cultural dictates say that we're supposed to be asleep, can't be awake, can't know your song, not supposed to go there. 
You could have teeny bits of happiness here and there, but they cannot last very long and they shouldn't be very intense. And then you have to go back. You have to swing back. It's like a bungee cord. You have to, to swing right back into something that is on that unhappy side of, of life. And we let all kinds of things, everything that's in our daily life, things that cross our paths, that, um, they don't mean anything really, but they they trigger us. They can trigger us to be sad. Uh, they could trigger us to be fearful. They can trigger us to be irritated, angry, resentful, overzealous in our, our self-protection, self-belittling, belittling others, judgment, 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 judgment. We stab right back into that. And that's, we're trained. It's a learned behavior. It's all trained responses. This is not our natural way of being or our natural behavior. The Hedekas, like, like Helmut said, they, they always said, the most important thing that you can do is let yourself be happy. Let yourself learn how to walk a path of awakening, a path of happiness, a path of song, of exploring and learning the adventure, the big adventure of finding out all about who you really are and what you really are. And when you do that, you start finding out who and what everybody and everything else around you is. Everything. When we're asleep, it's, it's a make-believe world. We've learned all kinds of make-believe things, pictures, make-believe lies about what everything is around us, who everything, everybody is. And, and what's, what's the nature of, of, of all of this? And it's, none of it's true. None of it is true. They call that being asleep, living inside the box. All this enculturalization, all the lies we, that we take on as beliefs, we take them on blindly, they create a world. They create a picture of who we're, we're supposed to be, supposed to, according to the culture, who and what everything else is supposed to be, it's all a fantasy. And that means we're stuck in the box. When we're there, that's all we see. That's all we perceive. Everything has to be according to all of that programming, all of the programming pictures, all of those beliefs. Anything that's not part of that, we cannot perceive because the enculturalization blocks it out. It literally just blinds us to 
all the truth of what we are, what everything around us is, and how much life, aliveness there is, how much happiness and love there actually is. We grow up thinking that there's very little real happiness or love in the world. That the basic nature of things with humanity has to do with suspicion and hate and separation and uh, fear. Those, those are the lies. Those are all the pretend things that we learn. We learn them really, really, really well so well that we create that box. We don't even dream that there's anything outside that box. And it filters every second, every microsecond of our lives, everything that we are running into, interacting with, engaging, it distorts our perception extremely so that it, it conforms to all of those beliefs. When we can start to look in a different direction and start to question the box. Hedekas used to always say, question everything. Question the box. Question what's making the box. Question everything that's coming from the culture, our modern culture. They said it's upside down and backwards. It's crooked. It's sick. It destroys things around it. It's a wheel. It's like a wheel that's turning, and as it turns, it's turning in the wrong direction. And it is destroying everything around it, and it's destroying itself as it rotates. And it can only last just so long before it completely has destroyed itself. That's where we are in our culture, in this time, in this age. That's what's happening around us. Our modern culture has come to that place that it is is disintegrating every aspect of it. And people are starting to notice there's cracks in their box. The box isn't quite the same as it used to be. It isn't as absolute as it used to be. So the, the ancients, pre-dynastic Egyptians, the Hedekas, for so many millennia have been saying, question, question everything, question the box, question what comes from the culture, question what comes from the authorities, our so-called authorities in our culture. When we start to do that, we, we start making holes in the box. You start getting big cracks and the light can come in and perceiving things that are outside the box, perceiving parts of ourself that we haven't noticed 
for many, 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 many years. We knew it when we were born. We knew it when we were infants and toddlers. We knew our song. We knew who we were. We understood who we were. We loved who we were. And we were happy. Our basic nature of happiness is just glowing. It's just there. And slowly we learn all the unhappy things. Society wants us to, to have a dominance, a strong, very strong dominance of unhappy and asleepness. And that's what we need to, to question the most. What is that and why? Why do they want that? What does that mean? What does that do? If we question that leaning in our society, the training of all the people in our culture towards <clears throat> this unhappiness, every part, every kind of unhappiness that we can think of, the training towards being numbed out, fogged out, separated, isolated, obeying the culture, thinking extremely poorly about ourselves, feeling very poorly about ourselves and who we are, what we are, what the culture says we are, what the cultural picture, our family picture has been of who we are. We have to question that. And this is the time. This is the era. This is our really, really big chance to change this in a complete way. Absolutely, completely change the nature of the culture in such a way that this dominance of unhappiness, the dominance of the mental fog, the dominance of the asleepness about everything, about making ourselves very, very little and worthless and powerless. This is when we have the chance to really change it. This is the end of an era, an era very intensely engaged in the asleepness and in that backwards turning wheel that breaks everything, crushes everything. This is a time we're moving into a different part of space. Our solar system is, is moving into a totally different part of space as it travels and it, it moves and spins in its own pattern. And it's in the Milky Way galaxy, and that is 
also moving and spinning and changing. It's merging with uh, another galaxy. It's merged with other galaxies before. And that dance of the two of them together. And we live in that spot where the two have been mingling together. That's uh, huge, huge differences in vibration and energy fields. We've spent a great deal of time in an energy field throughout the, sp the space that our solar system has been in that uh, is less dense uh, electromagnetically and uh, with particles, with light, uh, with the rays that come from other stars and from the center of the galaxy. Uh, it's, we've been hanging outside of the dense area of the galactic arm that we're hanging on to. And it, it creates a lot of possibilities that uh, you wouldn't have if we were a solar system and a planet that lived in the middle of that dense ecliptic of the galaxy. So here we are, we're hanging out in, in the, the really, really dense ecliptic part of the galaxy, the dense stream of, of energies and stars uh, on the arm of the galaxy where we live. And this is different. The ancients say that this time it's it's different than other times that we've moved up into the ecliptic and back out. That we're, we're moving into <clears throat> fields of energies that have so much more vibration of awakeness and song and knowing song and aliveness and most definitely happy. So what that kind of boils down to is that for us right now here on planet Earth, it's easier, it's much, much, much easier for us to be able to be feeling happy. And all happy in all the different kind of flavors that, that it comes in. And being able to feel ourselves, feel our song, our beingness, and the truth of it. We are a unique individual piece of creator. The pre-dynastic Egyptians said that, the Hedekas say that. Many other cultures say that, ancient, ancient cultures. An individual, unique piece of creator. That's a big piece of the what that we are. It's one thing to hear it and think about it. It's like, mm, yeah, we intellectualize it, think about the words, what that means. But really, the, the way to understand it is to feel it. 
that's where we we get the most knowledge the most knowingness is through the feeling of our own song and exploring the feeling like it's a a giant wonderland that you've just discovered a new a new world a new planet and you can step out into it and start exploring it perceiving it feeling it touching it smelling it tasting it and it's full of memories of who we've been what we've been where we've been what we've done and it's all very alive and that's what our song is that's ah all that happiness is bubbling out of out of all of that and we can explore that so right now we have this unique opportunity in our history uh, of the existence of our human race here on earth this is a unique opportunity every time we feel something happy so that's something that makes us happy any kind any any degree of intensity we are feeling our own song that's the big secret that's why our culture that wants to shut down the knowledge of our song and keep us asleep that's why they don't want us to experience a lot of happiness and and it's it gets very limited you can only feel just so much for so long and then you got to go back to all these other ways of reacting and thinking and hiding in the middle of all this negativity and this pretend hiding back in the box but the era of the box the time of the box is coming to an end and we can speed this up we we can speed it up and we can increase its intensity just by what we choose to focus on because our song with all this great happiness our song is pure awareness pure attention pure consciousness that's who and what we are always have been and always will be that's the feeling this feeling of self the self that has always been there that's that's the beauty of who and what we are what we can bring into our lives into our awareness is to start realizing this we are pure awareness pure consciousness and we perceive it with our point of awareness our awareness has a is kind of collected it's collected into a a, a point we aim that point of awareness at any given moment 
And the more collected we are, and the stronger, clearer that we aim this perception at anything, the more we're, we're going to be perceiving what's really there. When we're asleep and we're in the box, our perception, our point of awareness is smashed into little bits and scattered. So our attention is divided. And we have a little attention over here, a little bit there, a little on this, a little that. And in the back of our mind, we're thinking this and this in our unconscious. We're, we're thinking this and this and this and this all over the place. Our attention is seriously scattered. And we're trained to do that in our culture. Look at how we grow up. Look how we're taught. Look at what the media does, how they train us to scatter our attention. We've lost the ability to focus that attention on one thing and hold it there for a very long time, undisturbed, undistracted. That's our natural ability to do that. How many, how many people can choose to focus on something that they, they want to learn or study, something they want to, ability they want to acquire, how long can they focus their attention solely on that without their mind bubbling up about this little thing or this distraction or that worry or this frustration, this anger, and then, oh, what, what about this and what about that? And that's, that's on purpose. We've been trained to live that way on purpose. That is the design to keep us asleep and keep us in that box and keep us unhappy, generally, mostly unhappy. And to even learn that things that aren't quite so bad, that maybe those things are actually happy. Maybe that's happy. Well, that's a very sad state of affairs if we can't even figure out what really is happy. And just because something isn't really bad, we think that that's happy. If we let ourselves, we all know what real happy is and what it feels like. And the big secret of it is that that is us. That's the doorway. That is the first crack in the box to really realize, really understand that that experience of happy, of any of the beautiful happy flavors, even when it's little, that's a, we're peeking at our song. We're getting a feeling a feeling peak, a feeling touch of our own song, our own beingness, the truth of who we are, who we always have been through the eons and eons and eons and eons, and who we always will be, the eternal part of ourselves. That's what we need to start identifying with again. We did when we were born, 
And before we were born, we were doing something else, some other cosmic place. We have that knowledge. We have the, the experience of knowing our song, who we are, what we are, where we've been, and a great deal about it. With all of, all of that exquisiteness that is part of our song. When we come here on earth at this time to be part of the human race, this is something that we chose. We choose all of this, even the family, the neighborhood, everything. Who's going to be major in our lives? Major mates, major friends, major enemies. We, we make agreements with those other people before we're ever born that we're going to try to have those experiences. So for whatever bigger reason that our song has for wanting to be here now and learn how to be asleep and be in that unhappy array of feelings and experiences and addicted to that and reacting on automatic pilot with all of those unhappy responses that just just pop out of you because we're addicted. We chose it. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but we did. We chose it. We needed to learn all of this. But this is also a very different kind of a time than it has been for a long, 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 long time. This is this opportunity for individuals and for all of humanity to wake up, to get out of the box for good, to change all of that energy on our planet and explore our own songs and explore the songs of each other and Share, touching song to song, life energy to life energy with each other, human to human, with animals, plants, soil, gardens, air, water, with everything. When we start to look in that direction, and we start to realize that that's, that is really real. That is a real option. And we're moving into a place in space where it becomes easier and easier and more and more and more likely for everybody to wake up and totally change humanity. In a, in a very beautiful, positive way. Changing it so that it is our nature to be born awake and stay awake. And to explore our song and our awakeness and the songs of other and our connectedness. To explore the happiness 
of all of that, to live in happiness, true, pure, deep, solid, stable happiness in all of its variety of flavors that just ah, come and go and through our lives, our experience of life here, through the connectedness. There is so very, very, very much that we can be and we can explore. Anything you could dream up. And you've heard this from little pieces of information that have come from ancient traditions. Anything that you can think of, anything that you could dream up, you can explore and you can learn about. You can create. Created at all kinds of different levels. Created into the physical with, with huge, uh, beautiful thought form energies that come with everything. Thought forms that are created from a song state, from an awake state, based on love, unconditional love, full of unconditional love, full of happiness, full of connectedness. Imagine if you could connect your awareness with the song of another, another human, the trees, the animals, the soil, the wind, the water, the planet herself, the rocks. You could connect your point of awareness with theirs. The two songs, two circles, coming together, two wholeness, two wholes, awake songs, coming together and touching, sharing, a little bit of merging, not changing, neither one changing the other, neither one having to submit to the other. It's not two halves of a circle trying to come together to make one circle, two whole circles connecting on our beautiful, beautiful connectedness, sharing self, sharing knowledge, experiences, ideas, things that we could do in our lives, make in our lives, for us, for our families, for our culture, for all of humanity, for the whole planet. Whatever you can dream up, it can be. That's who we are. That's what we are. And we've been lied to for many, many millennia. And these beliefs, blindly held beliefs, that we've passed on for so many millennia to our children about how powerless we are, 
how we don't have any of these abilities, that we're separate, we're alone, we're isolated, we're abandoned. The only things that we can know are things that we can memorize. Those are all lies. And they are really, when you think about it, they are really horrific. They are unbelievably cruel and horrific. And we've been living those lies. And and I know that sounds crazy and it sounds really harsh. When you start to think about it and you feel into it, it's really harsh. But it's true. That's the reality that we have in our modern world right now, in our culture. It's limiting. It's so, so crushing and limiting. It's hard. We don't even have enough knowledge to really understand just how limiting that is and how many limitations we've actually really made on ourselves and our culture. And we keep it policed. And happiness, happiness is that door. It's your key. It's your key to open the door to getting out of that box and getting to know your own song. Because all of this information, all of this knowledge, this experience, this it's in your own song. It's part of your own beingness. When we explore the feeling of happy, we can explore our song, us who we are as an individual. And what does that mean in the universe? You're a song, you're an entity in the universe. What does that mean? What does that involve? What are your possibilities? Where have you been? We're talking about a great deal of time here. Billions of millennia. And where have you been? And what have you been doing all that time? All the knowledge of that, all the memories of it are all in your song. And when you explore happiness, when you use happiness like the gateway, the doorway, it's like a slide. You get in and you get into that slide and you just whoosh. This song just takes you, your song. It takes you, it just starts, you just start feeling and experiencing and remembering and learning about who you are. And you start to learn about other songs and the connectedness and the sharing and the endless possibilities that are there for you as an individual for us as a species, for our whole planet. It's all there. And it's just going to get easier and easier 
to get to, to feel, to experience, and to notice you got cracks in your box because it's time for it. (laughs) And there's not anything that you can do to patch up those cracks to keep the box the way it used to be. Because it's kind of like Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty, the egg, his shell. Once he falls off and it's cracked, you're never going to be able to put it back together again the way it was. And that is a good and beautiful thing. So that's the, that's the picture for the day. Give you something, something to look at, something to work for, something to feel for. Everything about the song is experienced. Everything the song learns, it learns from experience. And this, this is non-linear. This is all spiritual. The entire spiritual side of your existence and the spiritual side of our whole planet and our 3D time space. We're used to looking at the linear part of it, the material, the, the material part. But the bigger part is energetic, spiritual, non-linear. And that's what our song is. And when we learn in that non-linear spiritual way, it is through experience. So that's why we have the song ceremony. The song ceremony teaches you how to turn your attention to that happiness and hold it there, undisturbed. Keep moving your attention back. As soon as you drift away, move your attention back on target, feeling the feeling experience of your song. Just keep feeling it and feeling it and feeling it. And then when we do that, we're exploring our song. When you understand that, this exploration it just goes on and on and on. The Hedekas used to say that our, our song, you could describe it like an iceberg. To use a, a metaphor, you're in a little boat, and you're on the, the ocean, you're floating along, you come up to this really, really, really big iceberg. And it's like, it looks like a mountain. I mean, it just goes up and up and up and up and up. And it's just huge. That represents your song. The iceberg that you see there, that represents your song. So you get out of the boat and you get onto the iceberg and you start climbing around and and down in the holes and up around to the top and the other side. And you just keep exploring and exploring and exploring and, and you learn more and more and more about yourself and who and what you are and what all that means. And what can you do? What are your powers, so to speak? You learn about that through the experiencing of your song. And then one day you look down in the water and, oh my God, this iceberg 
goes down under the water and it's like many, many, many times bigger under the water than it is up here on the top. You thought that what you were perceiving was really big, but actually your song is much bigger than that. It just keeps going and going and going. And so you find a way to explore that too. You go, you experience it. And that's how we explore our connections, song to song to everything around us, because we are so connected. The lies, the box says that we're isolated, we're separated, we've been abandoned. There's, there's, we're just an island. And that's, that is a, a horrific picture. That is a horrific lie. Because it's just the opposite. Remember, our current culture is considered upside down and backwards. And it, represented by that backwards turning wheel. So whatever the culture says, question that. Look the other direction and see, see if there isn't a whole lot more truth in the other direction. So instead of isolated and lonely, painfully, horrifically lonely, you may be surrounded by lots of humans, and they may be in close contact, but when you believe you are isolated and separated and there is no connection, there's a horrific loneliness that develops there. The truth is we're connected. We're, we're deeply, 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 very thoroughly connected to everybody and everything. And it's, it's so luscious. Each connection has so much traffic going through the connection in both directions. So much energy, life energy, love, knowledge, history, ideas, new thoughts, answers, flowing in both directions. And when we're in the box, we, we've blocked it out so completely that we, we don't perceive any of it. But there's so much connection and so much love and so much kindness and so much happiness. It's, it's so filling and it's fulfilling. And this is, this is the truth of who and what we are and what we can be in our 3D life, our human life. This is where we're headed. And it can all start with happiness and letting yourself feel happy. The thing that the headache has said, which in my early days studying with them just went whoop, went right past me. I, I just never even really heard it. And that was the word let. Let yourself be happy. Because it's true, we have to let ourselves go in that direction. We have to let ourselves turn our attention into the direction of the happy. Into the direction of the love and song. So, 
let yourselves be happy and do more of it and a lot, lot, lot more of it and hold it longer as long as you can. Keep holding that feeling and knowing that the feeling is really you. This is the feeling quality, the signature quality of who and what you are. And it is unique and individual because you are. So, lots of happy. Happy, happy, happy. Thank you, Kate. Beautiful. It is always, always an honor to be able to share all these things. It's an incredible honor. So thank you all. Do you have anything, Laura? I do. I got it. You think after hearing this, <laughs> how long have I been studying with UK and happiness is a core of the study? <laughs> Yet I have questions. <laughs> or you can't hear me? Helmet, can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Uh-oh. I don't know why I can't hear. Hmm. Check your volume. Can you hear me now, Kay? Did that help? Yes. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. I, I do have like, there's like Pandora's box again. <laughs> you know, there's, <laughs> I got called Pandora Laura once and I'm like, <laughs> it's true. I own that one. Um, definitely. I think I have whole other webinars in here <laughs> so i don't want to i'm going to skip asking those questions because that those are a whole new conversation but one of the things that bubbled up for me that i hear quite often and i was hoping you could maybe talk about it was there's um i get people who come to me that you know want to be happy and then they'll say well i can't do that because it will, uh, you know, my happiness, I can't do it because of my kids. You know, what I have to do to explore happiness is going to, um, you know, affect my husband, my kids, my wife, my job. You know, it, it's just like, is there, can you talk on that belief that somebody's happiness is at the cost of somebody else's? Mm. that's something that we're taught in this culture and it's it's part of that that whole picture of the box that if we let ourselves be too happy for too long too often it has to be at the expense of other people it has to be at the expense of your loved ones it has to be at the expense of your home, your you know whatever you're trying to to do, your a garden, your job, um, your friends, your friendship, your intimate relation with your your mate, and it's a lie. 
is one of those lies we've taken on blindly, we believe it, and we then automatically act accordingly. Think, just think about that concept for a minute. If you're letting yourself be happy, or you're doing things that make you happy, that you're making those choices to do things that make you happy, but it's going to be at the expense of others. That it can't be any other way. It's always going to be at the expense of others. That is a nightmare. That's, that is horrific. The lies that have been perpetrated on us in our culture are astounding. They're horrendous. And they just seem so... They permeate. They're just so everywhere in our culture. They ooze into everything. And they control everything. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you can watch some of these primitive people uh, that haven't been bothered by our modern culture, they never learned any of these, these lies, they're very happy. A lot of the time, they have a lot of happiness, a lot of smiling, a lot of uh, laughing, laughing with each other, a lot of sharing of all kinds of good things. There's, they're encouraged to do things that they really like, do things that make them happy because they know that what is going to make you happy makes the people around you happy. Uh, our moods are contagious. Whether they are negative or they are positive, they can be contagious. And that's one of the ways our very negative modern culture uh, has grown and can continue to exist because this um, contagiousness of these moods. And we're trained to take on the moods of others around us, especially if they're negative. Someone with a lot of energy and um, charisma, a lot of life energy, whatever mood they have when they walk into a room full of people, they, it spreads. If they're really upset, they're, they're down, they're depressed, they're angry, they're full of fear, they're really irritated, whatever it is, it's, it just starts getting spread. The downer just oozes out into the crowd and more and more of the crowd start picking up on it and feeling that way. And, and they don't even realize they're doing it. They have no conscious awareness that they are doing this at all. Devano and Chia used to talk about an example of 
a person, you know, Jane Doe, going into the, a bank, her bank, and she's going to do some bank business. And there's a line there, a bunch of people. They've been open for a few hours. <clears throat> Someone who was there an hour or two ago, um, who was really upset about their bank account, and they went in there to uh, try to straighten it out and, of course, argue with, with all the tellers and everything. <clears throat> and so they make a big nasty stink in the bank. And then they're very vocal and their energy is you know, really loud and just it permeates the air, it permeates the floor and the counter and the people around. And the, of course, the people working in the bank and it stays there. So everybody that's in the bank is, is getting, you know, really upset uh, because of, of this, all this negative and, and angry uh, energy. That person is gone now, but the energy is still there and the effect on all the bank tellers is still there. And so this Jane Doe walks right into the thought form filling the room. And everybody else, of course, has walked into it and then there's a line there and it's slow. And so they have to be there a while stuck in the thought form and they all succumb to it. And they don't even notice that it, it, it's not really them. It wasn't them to begin with. It wasn't their thing. They weren't upset when they went in the bank. Jane Doe felt just great when she went into the bank. She was having a, a happy morning. But by the time she got to the teller, she was, you know, really in a negative mood. It's contagious that way. So whatever it is we're, we're feeling, we're experiencing, we're living in an experiential feeling way throughout ourselves and we're radiating it out, it's, it's being picked up by everybody around you. Now, this is the same thing, but with an opposite emotion can happen. Somebody comes into that bank that's really happy, has just had the you know the most beautiful experiences and is just so bouncing, lovely, happy, and, and just you know, tossing out all this this very happy, jovial, fun energy. And everybody's picking up on it, and it's it's sinking into the floor. It's saturating the air. It's in the counter and the, the bank tellers, and, and everybody ends up being uh, happy, and that they weren't before. That wasn't the way they were feeling before, but they, you know, it was contagious. They caught it. And they started feeling it. And then when, we're, when we pick up this contagion, good or bad, we look inside our internal library of our personal historic events that have happened to us uh, that are going to match 
you know, whether it's looking for things that are angry or depressed or irritated or looking for things that are really happy and beautiful and love and, and fun and all, all those, the good, happy things. We're looking for something in our history to think about, to bring up to our, our more conscious awareness and have it kind of mix with the current event that is really feeling happy. So in, in the negative picture, um, we start thinking about something that we're angry about that never got resolved. And it starts really gnawing at us <laughs> and gnawing and gnawing and getting bigger and nastier <laughs> and, and, and really, we're really grumbly and irritable. We've tied it in to an, our own historical event so that it is logical to us. This anger out of the blue or a negative emotion out of the blue or a happy feeling emotion out of the blue doesn't make sense to us. So we have to justify it by tying it in with, with our own memories. And then we, we're... You know, babbling it, reinforcing it, good or bad. So when you take that back to looking at your own family and your mate, and your kids, your mate, your pets, your um, the people you work with at your job, your parents, your siblings. The, the happiness that you feel radiates out and affects them in a happy way. It doesn't detract from them. It isn't at their expense. It is at their gain. They experience more happiness. They learn about more happiness and how to be happy and be more relaxed and be more loving. They learn these out of experience. And out of watching uh, the mother or that father that wanted to learn more about being happy and be happy more often. We're an example to everybody around us, especially our own children and our own family. So it's, it's just the opposite of what they're afraid of they're actually going to be helping them learn more about happiness, their own song. They don't have to know the word song. They don't have to say it to the kid or describe it to the, the kids. The kids will learn it by the vibration they're getting from that original donor of the happiness. Does that answer? It does. That was fabulous. I have another one. I want to add <laughs> something real quick to okay. what Kate just talked about. By extension, that is what we, we also create in the world, not just within our family. Um, if we want to see a different world than what we see today, we need to create that world within ourselves. 
So if we, the more we're able to, to live that reality inside of us, that's how we make a difference in the world. That's one of the big ways we make a difference in the world. And that is the important aspect of, of allowing yourself to be happy, of letting yourself to be happy. For me. It turns out it's a truth for everyone. When you let yourself be happy, you are letting the world be happy. Because being in that state of, of worries and frustrations and regrets, like being in the past and, and living in the future, that has brought us here where we are today, all those feelings. So if we shift that within ourselves, that's going to get us to a different place. No. <laughs> Let's just do it. That is very true. The ancients, the, the pre-dynastic Egyptians, the Hedekas, many other tribes, they talk about you have to heal yourself first. You have to wake up yourself first. And as you are doing those things, you heal everybody, everything around you. You end up healing the world. You end up waking up the whole world. You, whatever we do, whatever we experience, and whatever we learn, we are sharing with the entire human consciousness. And they, if you learn how to be awake and you do that and you are living awake, you are being it, that is being shared. Every moment of that is being shared with the entire human consciousness. And the rest of humanity, it makes it easier for them to wake up and, and to, to learn uh, about their song and to share it out with even more people. Now, the opposite, unfortunately, is true. If you stay in your box and you stay in your nasty state and the, you keep reacting automatically with, with nasty responses, some negative emotion about uh, this way or that, or, uh, you're spitting that out to your family and to everyone around you and to everybody that you work with everybody near and far you you are sharing that to the entire human consciousness they are learning more about how to be a nasty bitchy grouchy person who is in their box and asleep That's what it makes. That's what makes it so important to to raise our, our vibration, to raise our level of consciousness, to get to a place of happiness, and learn to stay there, so we can send those vibrations out, those energies, and and touch everybody and everything. All right, I'm dying for the frog medicine story now. <laughs> I did have, I, I just, did, I, 
it just seems appropriate. But I did, there is one other, there's one of the beliefs I had and, um, you know, was kind of what goes up has to come down. It was almost like the balance of nature. If things are going too good, they got to go bad eventually. Like the pendulum has to swing. You know, it was like there. It, there's a belief that I had for a long time that, you know, the second things were going so well and something bad happened, it was like, well, that was bound to happen. You know, that it was like it, things got too good. You know, it, it was like there's, I don't know if you can talk. Like, helmet, don't shoot me. I see the time. That <laughs> no, we, we okay. keep going. There is it's just um, another programming that keeps you from yeah. being happy, from being afraid to be happy. Well, is there energetics, you know, balance where everybody's only allowed to have so much goodness? <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer. That's, but <laughs> that is a blind belief that the culture perpetuates. The culture has been lying to us about almost every single thing in our lives and every, everything that we think about, everything we believe, it is, it's a lie. And we, we, we so deeply believe, uh, and our parents did, and our grandparents, and back countless generations they were taught the same things. They believed the same things. They passed it down to their children you know, from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. And here we are. It grows a little more with every generation. It gets a little bigger, uh, a little thicker, uh, a little nastier with every generation. And there's... There's absolutely no, no logical reason for, for that belief at all. That if you have too much happiness, uh, something bad is going to be happening. It's going to fall. It'll cascade. It'll, um, it, like you say, it, it needs to be on some kind of a roller coaster or, or the, they make a pendulum concept out of it. it has to swing and there's there's nothing to back that up there is no information to back that up there's no reality that backs that up the opposite is true we can be as happy as we want of any kind of flavor of happiness and peace and love uh, that you want for as long as you want and have that be the, the foundation of your life and the lives of those around you and how you, how you live your life, how you do your, your work, how you do your interactions. It becomes the foundation of it. The feeling of your song, the knowingness of your song, yourself, becomes the foundation of your own identity. And song is based on happy. 
That's a, that is the core feeling sensation uh, in, in that signature, in that energy that is you, your consciousness. There is no reason why anything has to automatically fall apart or the happy has to um, be given up for something, something crashing, some negativity coming in to overwhelm the moment in your life. It's our habit. Of, it's a belief. And we literally create these bungee cord experiences and events to bring ourselves back down into the box. We bungee cord back into the box. But we can learn how to not do that, especially when we change our beliefs. We have to change our beliefs about these things. And then they won't happen at all. We can't, we can't make them happen again because we don't believe in it anymore. I hope that explains. I don't know. It, it, it does. And I, it, it was reminding me when you were talking of, you know, and all of this is because in, in the Katasi training, we go through um, noticing our, and documenting our blind beliefs as part of the study to see. And um, just, I, I realized when you're talking, so much of my, my personal list was blind beliefs around happiness. You know, it, it's, it, and I think it's, uh, I'd love to hear other people's blind beliefs around happiness because I think their their lists are probably just as long as mine is. But there, it, it's amazing how much society does, you know, um, how much we allow, let ourselves believe what it is to be happy. You know, like if we're happy, we'll be taken advantage of. You know, it's just like that happy people are um, doormats. <laughs> and I can say, you know, it was like that you, to accomplish things, you can't be be happy where, again, frog magic, mentioning. <laughs> you learn, you know, it, it was, it's it, the the manifesting qualities of happiness are so much more, um significant in bringing the things that you actually want exactly yeah when uh when we let ourselves be happy we have uh, innate abilities our song has innate abilities for manifestation for attracting things to us um, that we want and want to explore and experience. And we do that so well. When, when we are happy, when we know our song, 
when we're experiencing our song, identifying with our song, this, these gifts, these like magic abilities, uh, all humans have this. This is part of our, our real nature. We've just turned it all off and taken on these beliefs that go in the opposite direction. So we, we really screw ourselves up as we learn how to make the box, the cultural box, and live in it and be, be the, the box creature and shut down uh, all, all of these natural gifts of yourself. This, um, we can talk a, a lot about what some of these gifts are, uh, like this manifesting, bringing things to ourselves. There's so many. To somebody who's still very much in the box and kind of afraid to look at the crack in the box, they sound like fairy tales. It's hard, it's hard for them to take that seriously. But they are definitely real. All of these gifts, this is, this is who we are, what we are as a human entity. This is our song. This is what our song is capable of doing. So as um, uh, an example, there is a story about the frog. And frog brings the rain. She sings and brings the rain. But she never intentionally sings to try to force the rain to come because it won't. <laughs> and that's kind of a, um, the word the Hedekas used was a, a prostitution. It's a, It's a taking of a gift and twisting it upside down and backwards and trying to force your will, power over other, on, onto the, uh, the world around you and the universe at large. And it never works. Always turns out um, upside down and backwards and creepy. So what the frog does... She's just in her little pond, and she loves life. She loves her aliveness. She loves her pond. She loves all the different little flowers, little creatures, everything that's in the pond with her. She just adores them, and she adores herself. She adores aliveness and the fact that she has aliveness. She's alive. And she can experience all these things. She just gets so passionate and so excited about it. And in order to express that, she just can't help herself. It just bubbles up. She sings. 
And as she sings her true song and her true love and her gratefulness and connectedness, she's singing how happy she is about her life. The rain comes. And that's because there's a natural phenomenon with that sound and the energy of the true passion and love and song and love of aliveness and sharing an aliveness with everybody around. That it makes the water molecules evaporate and go up in the air and then they collect and they make clouds that get you know thick and heavy and then they rain, the rain comes down. So in an indirect way, she is responsible for making the rain come. And that means she's responsible for the water cycles on the planet. So she's she brings life to everybody. She, she brings the uh, ability to continue life for everybody on the planet. Now, if she tried to force that uh, singing, force the happiness, make a fake happiness and passion, and force the song, uh, nothing would happen. It would not make the water molecules evaporate and, and you know the, there'd be no clouds there'd be no rain and everything would start dying of thirst so really bad outcome so she never thinks about it in those terms that's you know she just doesn't uh, it's just almost like it's not her business that the water molecules are going to evaporate and make a cloud and make the rain. She just is true to her song and her love and her passion and her passion, passionate love of life and love of everything, everybody around her. And so she sings that love. She sings her passion. And that's where the magic is. That's how she makes magic. Makes the rain come and keeps the water, the water cycles moving and everybody uh, can stay alive. I love that story. So everybody start singing. Yeah. <laughs> Sing your song. Um, real quick. If we have questions from the audience, please. And if you're on Zoom, there's a Q&A button. Uh, you can click on that and put your question in. If you're on Facebook, just put it in the comments. Sorry, Laura, I didn't mean to. Oh, no, I was done. <laughs> Beautiful story. It's my favorite.
and you see it happen all the time. I mean, you you really, there's a reason when you're on an airplane, they tell you to put your mask on first. <laughs> it's, you know, and I, I see the, I, you know, we, before the call, we were talking about my serious mask and it's a learned mask. You know, I learned it from my, my parents to be serious about things. And, um, your children are, you know, if you really want your kids to be happy, you've got to show them happy. This whole do as I say, not as I do thing doesn't fly. You know, and you see it, you know, I see it in myself. It didn't fly with what my parents, you know, were telling me to do. You know, I, I mimicked exactly what they were doing. You know, it was like there was a few things I didn't pick up smoking. <laughs> There's enough information about that. I, I got that one. But, you know, the, some of the, um, we have the big warrior mask in my family. Worrying is a form of love. That one I had to re unwind. But by, by saying you can't afford you can't, that your happiness is at the cost. I, that one I hear absolutely a lot. I can't do it I, um, because my children this or my mate that. I, I hear that one a lot and you know, it's what they're teaching them instead is where the expense really is. You know, you're teaching them how to live a life of quiet desperation. Exactly. You know, I see so many people actually stay in uncomfortable marriages because they don't want to put their kids through a divorce. You know, and what they're teaching them is how to live, you know, how to often choose a mate that, or choose a partner, not a mate. <laughs> You know, or you're choosing the, you're showing them how to um, stay stuck. I mean, there's a lot of lessons there. And I mean, it, that's the cost. You know, showing them the example of not being happy as a way of living is, is, is I think, cruel. It is. It's extremely cruel and it's perpetuated by our entire culture. They have most of the people doing the perpetuating have no clue that they, that's what they're doing, but they are. And it's everywhere we look. It's everywhere we look. We have a question I think just popped up. Can you see it, Helmet? Yeah. Uh, what do you do? Sorry. What do you do when someone has done harm to you or your environment? <clears throat> Poisoned your cat, for instance. How do you meet the person in happiness? I'm trained. 
respond, our automatic response that we're trained to have is, is outrage and hurt and anger and revenge. <laughs> and we want to uh, just throw lots of, of this hurtful negative energy at them. And it doesn't help anything. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't usually teach them anything. And what it does is add fuel to the fire. You're adding, you're adding a whole lot more of these unhappy energy types into the field. Uh, your personal field, your field between you and this other person, to your whole family, your environment, everyone that's involved, and also to the entire human consciousness. You, you're you're uh, creating, literally creating, all this energy that with the, the negative flavors, the negative thought forms, you're feeling negative thought forms and sending them out into the world, you're feeling the human consciousness, you're just pouring it in there. And it, it ends up feeding more negativity on all those different levels. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't change anything. It's not going to change the state of your, your cat. Whether It's not going to bring the cat back to life. And that it, it's a really, really sad thing. It's a, it's a horrible thing that these kinds of things happen. Uh, they happen to uh, our family members. They happen to our pets. They happen to uh, our commercial animals that we're raising. They happen to our plants. They're ha all of this stuff, it's happening to our water and our air and our soil, the food we eat. It, it's, it's everywhere. And you look around at other groups of people uh, in our culture, and I include uh, the entire Middle East in our culture and uh, the modern parts of, of China and the Orient and Africa. We're talking about the whole modern culture. We're trained to live like this, to do those kinds of actions, to respond in very angry, negative ways uh, to those things that happen to us or around us that get personal. And, it, and we, we're feeding. We've been feeding this for millennia. You shot my brother. You killed my brother. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your brother. I'm going to kill two of your brothers. See, and that'll show you. And that'll be you know, your punishment. We've, we've grown up with that picture. We see so much of it in the media that we become numb to it. But when... We can be in our song. This, the terrible things have happened. 
But if you can stay in your song, hold it, hold that knowledge that is your identity, that you don't have to react on automatic pilot with all these negative things, that you can feel your song, you can still feel the basic quality of aliveness that has has a happy feeling to it. And yes, you, you can still feel those things and still feel the sadness of the loss of your friend, your cab. But there's so many other things to, to do in response to the people who have perpetuated these things. The more you can feel love, unconditional love and forgiveness. This is a big opportunity to explore forgiveness. And that's always part of the picture of getting out of the box. A lot of forgiveness, forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, and learning how to be genuine from your heart, from your whole song, from your heart, to feel this forgiving. The ancients say that um, forgiveness, the word, comes from before the giving of the injury. Forgiveness. We want to put ourselves and them in the feeling state that we were in before the giving of the injury. One of, of love and caring and coming from your heart, living, living there, living from your heart. Perhaps at another opportunity, this person that did this injury might need something from you. Maybe there's a local catastrophe and their, their house gets flooded and they lose everything and they, they need some help. And maybe that's something that you could offer them with true love. That's how we change the world. That's how we give the experience to somebody else of not responding with revenge and hate and fear and all that other stuff. But responding with, with true caring, true love, true kindness, true basic feeling of happiness. When, when the Hedekas talk about um, the basic feeling of the song is happiness, there's all kinds of feelings and levels, intensities of happiness. They're not talking about... Um, like when you were a kid and you're going to the fair or to some, you know, super special event, 
in place and you're you're jumping up and down super excited happy and yelling and, and we're not talking about that kind of happy that can be there too and that can lead you to your song but we're not like that all the time the feeling that they're talking about the most is what is the feeling quality of your song that feels like you like self it belongs to you it's been you your whole life it's been you before you were born it's this feeling of self the aliveness that belongs to you and it has has a certain energetic qualities and flavors and we refer to that as the uh, the signature of your song. We're radiating these things out all the time. When someone else feels you, they're feeling this. They're feeling your signature. They're feeling your energy from your song. We need to learn how to feel that in ourselves. What we, what we are and what we're radiating out. So it's, it's a very difficult situation. But it's surprising, if you really look at it, it's happening to all of us, and it's all around us everywhere. I hope that helps. They said thank you. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Okay, I think this is a good place to to close it out for the day. Any any other thoughts? Any last thoughts? I just keep hearing the don't worry, be happy song. <laughs> I wanted to say that too. <laughs> now, this is great. My favorite subject. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Kay. Helmet, thanks for putting this together, too. Thank you, you too. <laughs> and thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for joining. We're going to share the recording pretty soon. Uh, enjoy your day. Song ceremony on Sunday? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send and information about that out to you. Cool. There are recordings of the song ceremony on the website that you can go to. You can listen. You can do the ceremony. It's very simple. It's short, easy, but it will change your life. So don't worry. 
Be happy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.